What is up? This is Evan Lovett, and thanks for tuning in to my podcast, In a Minute with Evan Lovett, an Odyssey original brought to you by yours truly, your host, Evan Lovett, where you may know me from my social media page, LA In a Minute. I'd love to invite you along for a personal and intimate ride as I share interesting facts about all sorts of things you didn't know that you needed to know. Be entertained and informed as I bring you into my mind to see the world through my lens. There's history everywhere, as long as you know where to look. Let's get into it. Yo, episode number 37, coming to you from the IM Studios in the heart of Los Angeles. And it's finally here, the LA Pet episode. That's right. Los Angeles is the pet capital of the world. And since the time I started LA in a minute, people have commented, people have sent DMs with their pets, asking about my pets, saying I should talk about the pets here in Los Angeles. Well, I am absolutely an animal person, a pet person. And I knew I had to make this episode, especially with the data that just dropped from the Census Bureau. There are more dogs, cats, and even parrots here in L.A. than any other city. And some of the facts I was able to dig up are not only fun, but they might make you scratch your head. Like, right in that spot. Right right, right behind the ear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the spot. If you have a pet, dog, cat, turtle, snake, pig, horse, then this is the episode for you. It's the L.A. Pet episode. All right, y'all. Let's get into it. As usual, we start with something that happened in L.A. this week. Something that inspired this episode. Well, the American Housing Survey from the Census Bureau was released. It's updated quarterly. And a beautiful little nugget of information in there, at least beautiful to me, focuses on pet ownership. Now look, let let me call it what it is for my household. Dogs are family. We have three of them, Zoe, Bams, and Nora. Three different colors, three distinct personalities, and they each love us so damn much. It's hard not to consider them family. And my parents ingrained that in me. But big shout out to my mom, who was as big of an animal person as I've ever met. In fact, when she passed away and we were going through all of her stuff and info and bills and all that, found it turned out she was secretly giving money to 15 different animal organizations every year. Now, some people are like secretly doing drugs or something. No, she was secretly like dropping 25 bucks on the SPCA, 50 bucks to PETA. 20 bucks to Ducks Unlimited. And trust me, this lady was not made of money. She didn't have much, but that's how much she loved animals. And I am thankful that she passed that on to me. And I think a whole bunch of people here in Los Angeles agree because there are more pets than people in Los Angeles County. I'm going to dig deep on this, but I want to hit you right off the bat. Listen to this. There are 5.3 million privately owned dogs and 5.7 million privately owned cats in Los Angeles County. Let me put that in a, another term, another way. The population of humans in Los Angeles County 
is 9.8 million. But there are 11 million dogs and cats. And we haven't even addressed the other pets yet. Now, back to that framework, the 5.3 million dogs. If that population of dog, if that was just a dog metro area, all the doggies in one little metro area, that population would fall somewhere in between the number of people in Washington, D.C. and Atlanta's metro area. Okay, and the cats, 5.7 million cats, he put them all in a metro. That population would be right in between Philadelphia and Miami. So we're talking major population centers, just of dogs and cats right here in Los Angeles. That's pretty nuts. And again, combined 11 million, that's almost twice as many pets as the next closest city. Chicago, by the way, not New York. Interesting. But let's dig into that census data. Those 11 million dogs and cats come from the following households. There are 1.8 million households, private households, that own dogs. Only 700,000 households, this in LA County, by the way, that own cats. And cat owners are more likely to own multiple but only slightly. The average household of dog owners owns 1.4 dogs and cat owners own 1.57 cats per person. I'll break that down. For dogs, 60% of dog-owning households in LA own one dog, 30% own two, and 10% own three or more. So we, my household, is in the the 10% category. Of cats, 55% of cat-owning households own one, 30% own two and 15% own three or more. Okay. And keep this in mind. You're allowed to have five cats or four dogs, according to the LA city council. But you do that math. It still doesn't equal 5 million cats. The dogs comes out about right. But listen to this. The Stray Cat Alliance, a nonprofit rescue and advocacy group, states that there are 3 million stray cats in Los Angeles. 3 million. That is a huge, huge issue. I mean, that's that's its own episode. What are we going to do with the stray cats? And compare that to the number of stray dogs. The number of stray dogs is only 40,000, which is actually an enormous number i mean one stray dog is too many i love dogs i mean honestly and many are in shelters which is a very sad situation la county reports 1400 dogs in shelters at any given time they can only hold so many and that's why they're so crowded but the la county shelters have 60,000 throughout the year Many are euthanized. That's terrible. For cats, the shelters hold 700 at any given time and 25,000 are in and out at any given, uh, I mean, throughout the year in Los Angeles. So if you need more info on the shelters, I did do an episode of that with SoCal Nation uh, around last December. I'll repost that. But yeah, the city says you could own four dogs and five cats. And that's a lot of dogs and cats in Los Angeles. But that's not it. It's a quick note on other animals as cats in LA. There's no total 
on these animals other than the number of households. But even then, the household numbers are pretty, pretty awe-inspiring. There are 164,000 households in L.A. that own fish. My son used to own a, what are they called, betas? And he called it a tinga shashash. That was our fish experience. There are 135,000 bird-owning households in L.A. And my wife's abuelita owned some birds in Wanusco, where abuelita was from. And I remember one's name. I don't remember why, but it was Sonsontale. And at the time, I was barely learning Spanish, and her grandma was like proud of me for remembering the name. So I always remember that. 85,000 households own reptiles in L.A. Snakes, geckos, chameleons. When I was growing up, I used to own two snakes. They were little garter snakes. They were called Bulldog and Boxcar. Bulldog was named after Oral Hershiser. I got him in 1989, the year after Dodgers won the World Series, and Oral Hershiser, along with Gibby, Kirk Gibson, was the hero. So I don't know where Boxcar came from, but that's where Bulldog came from. I used to love watching these snakes eat fish and shedding their skin, but after a while as a kid, I was like, why own a snake? And they died anyway, which... You know, honestly, I wasn't too sad about. Sorry, but that was a reptile. So that's that's 85,000 households in L.A. And 92,000 households own small mammals, guinea pigs, rabbits, gerbils, ferrets, hamsters, chinchillas, mice, and rats. Rats are supposed to be very smart, by the way. Not kidding. My... Best friend Jared told me that. Great guy since I've known since birth. He was toying with getting a toy rat, a toy, a pet rat at one point. Honestly, at the time, he was a single bachelor. And I was like, I don't know if that's a great look. Somebody comes over and you have like a pet. But maybe it is. I don't know. But they're supposed to be really smart. So what about horses? What's this? We have some friends that that have a horse, but it's like housed in Burbank. And they're like equestrian district. I don't know how that works. But L.A. City is home to 10,000 horses. But L.A. County, there are 45,000 horses. Atwater Village, Silmar, Compton, Avocado Heights. It's a thing, man. And when you see horses on the streets of L.A., that's one of those juxtapositions that I just love. I mean, L.A., horses walking around the streets in L.A. I love that. I mean, it's awesome. So that count, that's the census data count. And that excludes livestock and other service animals, which I'm going to touch on. And it doesn't give exact numbers in either of those categories, but I had to look it up. And the USDA has something called the Agriculture Census, which was interesting in itself. And these aren't pets, but because they're excluded from the census, I had to look it up. And these are interesting. There's still more than a thousand farms in Los Angeles County. 1,035 farms in Los Angeles County. Think about that. We know it used to be a great agricultural county, but man, even still, there's 58,000 acres of farms. But there's cows, chickens, hogs, pigs, sheep, goats. And again, there's no exact count by head or anything. And they're listed by value, but there's $20 million worth of those animals in Los Angeles. I don't know if people consider those pets, but they're definitely animals. Uh, sidebar, which gets back to that sidebar about service animals. Again, 
And tell me what you think about this, because I see animals everywhere I go in Los Angeles now, whatever store, grocery stores, for goodness sake. And again, I'm an animal person, but I would never take my dog to the grocery store. I mean, DM me. Tell me if you take them. How is that cool? Oh, my dog won't pee. My dog's okay. He's clean. I love him. I get it. But anyway, I try to figure out how many service animals. There's no exact count, even though they're licensed. Here's why. Service animals are defined under law and have to undergo rigorous training to learn to help their owners. But emotional service animals, the ones you see in stores everywhere, are not regulated and their designation can be obtained as easily as you can print something out on your printer. So people have these emotional service animals. Well, how do they get away with that? Blah, blah, blah. Well, Even service dogs legally don't have to wear any type of identifying collar or vest. And the owner and handler is not required to have any identification proving that it's a service animal. So it's very, very tough to get an exact count on something that's informal. But that's something that if you could find out or if you know, hit me up. People always give me great info in the DMs and I am appreciative. So if somebody out there listening knows that or how I could find that out, point me in the right direction because I'd be interested. Now, another thing I want to address, just because I love this, it is a very brief but cool history of dogs in L.A. How did we get to the point where we're the world's capital? Check this out. The kids, Gabrielenio, Tongva, native people, indigenous people, they hunted land animals for their fur and their meat. Guess who helped them out on the hunt? You guessed it. Dogs. The ancestors of dogs and thus... Dogs are considered native to Los Angeles, the land of transplants. Dogs are natives, man. How cool is that? And by 1872, the city of LA, which only had a population of 5,700 people, had 4,000 dogs. Kind of similar to now. Basically a one-to-one ratio. And a dog, finally, they put regulations around it a dog was required to wear a collar and a tag identifying its owner or else the marshal was allowed to shoot and kill the dog so remember collaring your dog is good because if they run away you want to be able to find them but man can you imagine running around again i tell you how la was lawless and dusty i mean it really was but more history on dogs in la check this out in 1877 Six L.A. residents formed the Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, Los Angeles. So that happened about five years after the marshal was authorized to shoot him. But it wasn't just anti-marshal, anti-government. They decri—I mean, they decriminalized. They criminalized cockfighting and dogfighting, both of which had a foothold in L.A. at the time. Imagine that, 1870s, dogfighting in L.A. And this was a crazy one. One of their big achievements back then was to replace live pigeons with clay discs at skeet shooting tournaments. So get this. I don't know if you've ever seen it. My dad actually used to go shooting, believe it or not. Um, he took me a couple of times. But you yell, pull! And they shoot this little clay disc in the air and you're supposed to shoot it like target practice. Well, I guess back then they used real pigeons. So Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals got that stopped in Los Angeles. And that was in the 1870s through the turn of the 20th century. 
And then by 1914, they opened the first permanent animal shelter, the San Pedro Street Station in downtown L.A., to find homes for animals who have none. So that's been going on 109 years now, and that's pretty cool. Another little side piece I want to tell you about in the history, 1946. This one's pretty special, and they're big fans of the show, so I appreciate that, but this is awesome. The Guide Dogs of America was founded. Joseph Jones Sr., who was blind with the help of the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, decided that his mobility needs would be best met by using a guide dog. And so he figured out how to train a dog to identify how to get around and notify the owner and the handler. And that has helped companion be companions for for people that are uh, eyesight deficient for the last shoot almost 80 years now and what an important service man whenever i see that i'm like damn what a smart dog and frankly you know what a lucky owner that's a great little addendum so that started right here in los angeles and they're headquartered up in silmar that underrated community one of my favorite parts of los angeles no joke um and just for the to, to close out this native, dogs being native to Los Angeles, mountain lions, hawks, bats, coyotes, bears, all native to Los Angeles. Very interesting. Animals that are not, that are common in LA, pigeons, squirrels, alligators. And I say common because there have been more al- multiple alligator farms in LA. Parrots and peafowl. Yeah, peacocks. Go to Arcadia. They will... They sound like car alarms, no joke. But yes, pets in Los Angeles. Let me know how many pets do you have? Send me pictures of your pets. I love everybody's dogs. My wife, one of her like fun little hobbies on the side is taking pictures of dogs out car windows, and it's so cute. Like seeing, we do this all the time in LA. So when I'm walking the street and walking to work, I'll take a picture. So if you see your dog in my wife's feed, uh, you know, say what's up. But no, seriously. Dogs on windows. Let me know about your dogs, your cats, your horses, your small mammals, man. Pets in LA. Now, one thing to do in Los Angeles this week. This one's pretty obvious. And I'm going to make it fun. Go to the LA Zoo. You know where it's at, right there in Griffith Park. Now, at this point, it's a highly touted zoo. It's not elite. It's not the San Diego Wild Animal Park, but... It's home to more than 2,200 mammals, birds, reptiles, amphibians, fish, 270 species, of which 60 are endangered. And its history is super colorful and fun. And, well, it hasn't always been fun for the animals. But check this out. The first zoo in L.A. was East Lake Zoo, which opened in East Lake Park in 1885. There was a man-made lake. There were gardens. There was a pier. It was the first zoo. They had basic animals. But by 1901, 16 years in, the LA Times said, the present living quarters for the animals are anything but satisfactory. And the zoo superintendent at the time was hoping to raise money for a better arrangement for the animals. And there was indeed an alligator farm and there was an ostrich farm, but these Animals were not in great condition. Neither was the zoo. So it closed in 1912. And what followed that up, the Griffith Park Zoo. 
It's about two miles south of where the zoo is now. Two miles south? Is that south or is it west? It's it's by the zoo. You can walk to it, I do. And it was open from 1912 to 1966 at one point, drawing two million visitors a year. But again, the conditions were not ideal. And in fact, you see the pictures. They looked very cramped. And one of my early one thing to do's was to go to what is now the abandoned zoo at Griffith Park, which was this zoo. And you could get a feel. You can see, you can walk through and be like, okay, animals lived. It's concrete. It's bars. It's layered. Um, I mean, that's what zoos were maybe in that era, but you can see and kind of feel, and it's a little bit spooky there. So that was the second zoo, but this we're talking about the Los Angeles zoo where it is in its present location, opened November 28, 1966. The site where the zoo is, is formerly the location of something called the Roger Young village. A housing project, which was established to provide temporary housing for veterans returning to Southern California after World War II. Yeah, right where the zoo is now. And veterans and their families rented living space at reasonable rates, waiting for the post-war housing boom, places like Lakewood. And their living space was a, it consisted of two bedrooms, a bath, a kitchen, and an icebox, though not a refrigerator, and a den. And the area, the Roger Young Village, It had a market, a hardware store, milk, diaper delivery, drugstore, theater. And it enjoyed the adjacent Griffith Park. So it was a decent place to live, although a little cramped. And it was a housing project. And there were no phones. Families didn't have phones. There were phone booths 100 feet apart. So whenever a phone call would come, whoever was closest at the moment would answer. And the neighborhood children would run to see who the call was for. It's kind of cute. But what's more than cute and an exemplar for Los Angeles, again, during the 1940s and 50s, Roger Young Village was the most diverse community in not just Los Angeles, but all of California because veterans of all races and all branches of the military live there. So that's pretty notable. And that's right where the zoo is today. So acknowledge that history when you're there. But before it was even Roger Young Village, it was something called the Griffith Park Aerodrome. The same time that Griffith J. Griffith opened that original zoo, which is now the abandoned zoo, he designated 100 acres of the park to do something to further aviation. And that was the aerodrome. Uh, National Guard had operations there. It had a 2,000-foot runway until 1939 when it was closed because the Grand Central Airport, now Burbank, was taking more prominence And they said that it was more important to have Burbank and the burgeoning Van Nuys and LAX, but that was in Griffith Park and that's where the zoo was. So back to 1966, when the LA zoo, as it is now opened through the nineties, it was again, just kind of a concrete jungle with bars. I mean, I remember as a kid, not being smitten. I loved animals, but I would always feel bad for the animals. I'm telling you the truth. Uh, They looked unhappy and I was unhappy, but I guess we quote unquote, didn't know any better, at least until the 1990s as the zoo's infrastructure was deteriorating 
a water pipe burst and the zoo is without water. But the next day, city officials passed a $300 million master plan that would deal with the infrastructure at the zoo. But of course, due to, you know, implementation issues, still by 1995, nothing had happened. And the zoo almost lost its accreditation. Could you imagine Los Angeles would not have had a zoo? This happened in 1995. There was health violations, safety violations. And finally, there was a new director who cut the number of species from 400 to 280, opened up the enclosures. They were larger. They were more naturalistic and animals were held in bigger groups. And that sort of engendered a renaissance for the LA Zoo that still continues today. They've been successful in their breeding program of California condors. They're one of the few zoos worldwide that has a mountain tapir, which looks like an aardvark, pretty cool looking animal. It's the only zoo outside of Peru and Brazil to have a red yakari. And it was one of the first zoos to successfully breed echidnas. What is that? I've only heard of them because my son used to be into Sonic the Hedgehog and Knuckles his like kind of rival is not a hedgehog. He's an echidna. So there's some rare stuff going on at the zoo and some cool stuff too. North Hollywood High, by the way, where my dad graduated from in like 69. They have a magnet that's located across the street. And they established a program in 1981 to enrich the curriculum in animal and biological sciences. So it's like a veterinary magnet. It's pretty freaking cool. And 300 kids get to have a college preparatory curriculum focused on animals and biological sciences. So that's pretty neat. That's an LAUSD program. So good job on the zoo. It's 22 bucks for an adult, 17 bucks for kids and $2 for infants under two years old. So go to the zoo because that's your one thing to do in Los Angeles this week. Thank you for listening to episode 37 of in a minute with Evan Lovett. I hope you had some fun thinking about your pets and all the pets in LA, even the non-traditional and some of the transplant species that have become natives. This is why we love LA after all. And if you love the show, please give me a five-star rating and review. It is literally, indubitably super helpful. Helps the algorithm, helps me get exposure, and helps the show keep on growing. Thank you so much for supporting In A Minute with Evan Lovett. All right, y'all. It's been a minute.